am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it's quick, it's powerful, it's alive. Heaven and earth is going to pass away, but your word will never pass away. And so, Father, as we come together in the name of Jesus, you said where two or three are gathered in your name, we already know you're in the midst of us. And so I step back so, Father, the Spirit of God can speak to your people through me. And I thank you that we just won't hear the voice of a man. We will hear the voice of the living God saying what needs to be heard for our lives. And it's in Jesus' mighty name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated and you may be seated at home. Last week we started a new series called Growing in Your Faith. Everybody say growing in your faith. I believe it is critical for every believer to grow in their faith. You say, well, why is that, Pastor Edmund? Well, first of all, the scripture says that it is impossible to please God without faith. So it's going to take God's faith that he has put inside of me for me to please him. But, you know, the Bible says that we this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So my faith helps me to overcome in life. Jesus told so many different people, he says, listen, your faith has made you whole. So if my faith helps me please God, my faith helps me overcome the world, my faith helps me to to get the promises of God and be healed by God, then it is up to me to learn as much about faith that I can. Say amen to that. And so the goal of the series is to help some discover their faith, help others strengthen their faith, And then help all of us better understand and utilize our faith so that you and I can experience unprecedented things in our lives. I'm expecting to experience some unprecedented things in my life this year. Amen. And because God is no respecter of persons, he is a respecter of faith. And so I said this on last week, you and I, we all have different talents and different abilities and different gifts that God has given us. But there is one thing, say one thing, there is one thing that we all have that God has given us that equalizes us all, and that's our faith. Faith is the one thing that will allow every believer to succeed in life, reach new levels, and overcome major obstacles. Say amen to that. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to do a brief review because today's lesson builds on last week's message. And last week's message, if you have not had a chance to view it, I want you to go back and view it because it's the foundation of the series that we're having. So last week we had three points that I gave you, and these three points were the foundation of our Growing in Our Faith series. And so the first point that we had last week was the power of faith. Everybody say the power of faith. 
And we use Hebrews chapter 11. They're going to put it on the, on the screen, verses 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And faith is the evidence of things not seen. And the word substance, when we looked it up last week, it means confidence, a setting under. It also means that which settles at the bottom. And so I did an illustration last week regarding the Kool-Aid. I want you to go back and watch that. And here's why. Because we learned that faith is evidence. Everybody say faith is evidence. Faith is evidence. And faith is proof, watch this, that something that we are hoping for exists. So even though, watch this now, you don't have in your hand what you want. If you have faith... Faith is the substance or the proof or the receipt of what you're asking for. In other words, just like a receipt is proof of purchase that you bought something, faith is proof that something belongs to you before you physically get it. Romans chapter 12 verse 3, it says, God has given to every believer the same measure of faith. So we all have the same amount. So we really don't have any excuse as far as us being able to use our faith. And then we learn that all the promises of God are received by faith. Amen. Then the second point we looked at last week was that we looked at the process of faith. And so there were three categories of faith that we talked about. We talked about weak faith. We talked about little faith. And we talked about great faith. Everybody say weak faith, little faith, and great faith. And so we asked the question on last week, how do we increase and strengthen our faith so that we're able to please God, succeed in life, reach new levels, and overcome major obstacles? We asked that question. And so we went to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. They're going to put this on the screen. And it says, and we're going to come back to that verse uh, later on in the lesson. It says, so then faith comes how, church? By hearing. And hearing what? And so last week I gave this take-home thought. The take-home thought was this. Just because faith comes doesn't mean faith is being used. Such a powerful statement because many of us, we have faith. Many of us come to church and we hear faith. Many of us click online and we hear faith. The problem is just because faith comes doesn't mean faith is being used. And so we looked at the process of how that works. In other words, how do we get more faith? How do we increase our faith? And then how do we mix faith so that it begins to work? And so Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2, we looked at this verse. It says, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But watch what it says. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. And so we ended our lesson last week with the question, so if faith is considered evidence, then what does this faith evidence look like? It says faith is the substance of things hoped for and faith is the evidence of things not seen. So the question is, what does this this faith evidence look like? And so we looked at point three and we talked about the practice of faith. And we looked at Luke chapter 17, verse three, when the apostles asked the Lord, they said, hey, increase our faith, Jesus. Increase our faith. And so he goes on through that. And so we saw that there are four things that happen for Jesus to increase their faith. The first thing is that Jesus said something. Everybody say, he said something. He said something. And that was important because how does faith come? It comes by what? Okay, so when they asked Jesus to increase their faith, he had to say something to them. And then the second thing that Jesus did, he gave them and gave us an example of comparison of what faith is like. And so that's why he said faith is like a grain of a mustard seed. In other words, what he was doing was helping us to see that sometimes faith don't work overnight, but it will work over time. 
Amen. And Hebrews 6.12 says that you and I be not slothful, but follow us through, uh, through, through them who have faith and patience. They inherited the promises. See, sometimes it's going to take some faith and some patience. And then the third thing Jesus did, he told them to say something. Why? I'm going to show you why he told them to do that, which is the foundation of our lesson today. And then the fourth thing Jesus did, he gave them what they can expect when they use their faith. So, if you're taking notes, the foundation of today's message is found in Romans chapter 10, verses 17. And uh, I asked myself the question, why is the speaking of words so important to our faith working? Because as I'm, I'm, as I'm studying, I, I ask myself questions that I think people are going to ask. In other words, last week I really gave you the foundation of how faith works. But then I asked myself as I was studying, why is the speaking of words so important to faith and it working? Why do we need to confess out loud what we are believing? So Romans chapter 10, let's go back to that. And so if you're taking notes, today's message title is speaking what you believe. Speaking what you believe. Watch this. Let's read it together. Romans 10, 17. So then, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay, so listen. I need you to get this today, so I'm going to do my best to illustrate this. Okay, so Bruce, I'm going to ask my assistant Bruce to come up. You all give Bruce a big hand clap as he comes. Stay right there, Bruce. Stay right there. Well, come on in so the cameras can get both of us. Come on in right there. All right, all right stop right there. So watch this now. Let's read the verse again. Say it together. So then, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How does faith come, church? Okay, so let's pretend that money, this $20 bill, represents faith. Let's pretend that, right? So as I'm speaking and I'm declaring the word, it says, give and it shall be given unto me. Good measure, pressed down. Shaking together and running over shall what? Men give unto me. Bruce is hearing that. So if this represents the faith that I just said, Bruce now gets that 20 because he heard the what? Okay, so watch this now. I want you to catch this. So if faith comes by hearing, listen to me, church, then faith must also be released when saying you say, well, what do you mean? Okay, okay. So watch this. Okay. He's on the receiving end of hearing the word, right? Who's on the giving end of giving the word? So he can't get something that I'm not giving him. So if I am speaking faith and he's receiving it, then if he's receiving faith from me, the only way he's receiving it is because I'm saying it. So I'm going to say it again. If faith comes by hearing, then faith must also be released when I say something. And that's why speaking what you believe is so important. Because if you don't speak what you believe, you're not believing it. Give Bruce a big hand clap right there. Give him a, you said, Pastor, I, 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 I don't know about that. See, this is why Romans tells us. To confess with our mouth first and then believe in our heart second. Why? Because you don't believe it until you say it. 
So the focus of today's lesson is centered around, watch this, why what we say is so important. And you say, well, Pastor Evan, I've heard something like this before. Well, then why are you still talking negative? And then I'm going to show you a flip side of this coin that you probably never uh, thought about today. So let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. I've been, this, this, this verse has just been like been muddling around in my spirit this whole, actually for the last two weeks. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Speaking what you are believing. Watch what it says. It says, we having the same spirit of faith. Because see, that's where I'm trying to get y'all to flow in. Because there, there's a spirit of faith. Once it hits, you can literally walk out and feel that all things are possible. It says, we having the same spirit of faith. Watch this. According as it is written. I want you to read it with me. They said, I believe is that past, present, or future. It's past tense. He says, I believed, And because I have, therefore have I what, church? In other words, he's saying what I have believed already, the way you know I believed it is because I've spoken. Then he says, we also believe, that's present tense, and because we believe, read it with me, church, therefore we So many of you all think you believe stuff you don't believe. Watch the New Living Translation of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. It says, but we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believe in God, so I speak. The message translation says this, we're not keeping this quiet, not on your life. Just like the psalmist who wrote, I believed it, so I said it, we say, come on church, we say, We say what we believe. Let me tell you something. Uh, This is a verse that I did not give our media team, so I'm going to give them time to look it up. Uh, If you all will pull up Acts chapter 14, verse 9, Acts 14, verse 9, as I was getting ready this morning, uh, I'll just give you all kind of a process that I use, not that you all care about it, but uh, most of my notes, when I do notes, it's pretty much verbatim of what I'm saying, okay? Even though I get up and I flow with it, it's pretty much what, I, uh, what I've said. And so what I do after I write my notes, I, I put it in pages. And pages allows me to listen to what I preached or what I wrote. So I listen to myself preach before I preach it. So as I was getting ready today, this verse came to me. And here's why I want to use it. Because the reason faith or words have to be spoken is because they help you to believe. Watch this. Acts chapter, what did I tell y'all to go? Acts chapter 14, look at verse 9. If you all would, I'm going to read it from the confidence monitor. It says, now, the same, this was a man, he heard Paul speaking. And when Paul steadfastly looked at him, and watch this church, and perceived, watch this, that he had what? Faith to be healed. What's the next verse? It says, he said with a loud voice, stand on your feet. And he leaped and he walked. In other words, this man would have never, ever gotten healed had he not heard the gospel being preached. 
I was in New Bern about a month ago and I was teaching on faith. I wasn't even teaching on healing. And while I was teaching on faith, just like I'm doing now, I didn't even know it. But someone in the congregation got physically healed and they came and told my best friend whose church it was. They came and told him, uh, can you tell Pastor Eben while he was teaching tonight, I got healed. So the problem with us is we're not really sold on believing what we say and saying what we believe. And so this is where the train of our lives get derailed because we're saying, watch this now, church, we're saying what we feel instead of saying what we believe. And here's why we're saying what we believe, because, you know, we caught up with the world. The world says, I'm just being real. Well, you being real dumb, that's what you being. See, being real these days mean I say what I feel. That's what being real is. But no, 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 no. If we're going to be real based on the kingdom that we live in, the kingdom that we live in says you call things that be not as though they were. You don't call things that are as though they are. And that's why you are where you is because you're saying where you are instead of saying where you should be. And this is why, church, you need a script for your lips. That's point number one. Point number one is you need a script for your lips. You need a Look at your neighbor and say, you need a script for your lips. I, I'm talking to somebody right now that's watching me online. You need a script for your lips. Some of us are messed up today because our parents didn't have a biblical script for their lips. And so they said anything to you. So what is a script? A script is a document that outlines everything that needs to be said, every visual, every form of behavior, even the language element that's required to tell the story. In other words, a script is what actors go by to make a movie. If they don't get the script right, the movie's not coming out right. And if you and I don't get a script for our lips, our life won't come out the way God wants it to, and it won't be his fault. It's because we're not following the script. Psalm 141 verse 3 says this. He says, set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth, and I need you to keep the door of my lips. The NCV version says this, Lord, help me control my tongue. Help me be careful about what I say. And here's the problem. Most people do not believe that what they say really matters. We're not convinced. Everybody say, I'm, hey, they're not convinced. Just, uh, we'll put it on them. Say, they're not convinced. No, we're not convinced that what we say makes a difference. And so watch this now, church. Here is where deception creeps in for most believers. Because watch this. We know that saying negative things or bad things is not good. We know that. So watch this now. We learn to manage our words, but we haven't learned to manage our mouth. I'm going to rewind that because somebody, you need to hear that again. These believers who know better, 
We know not to say negative things. We know not to say bad things. So we learn to manage our words, but not manage our mouth. And you say, well, Pastor Edmund, what's the difference? Well, managing your words is when you make sure nothing negative comes out. And that's what most believers do. We get smart enough. We go, okay, death and life is in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit. So I don't need to say nothing, something negative. And see, so that, see right, right there? That's just word management. But managing your mouth is when you not only make sure that nothing negative comes out, but you also make sure that you purposely say the word to come out of your mouth. See, that's what people miss. Oh, I'm not going to say nothing negative. Well, that's fine and that's wonderful. But listen, power does not come out of your mouth. Because remember I said, faith comes by hearing, but it also comes when that's released out of my mouth. So when I talk the word, faith is being released. So if I never say nothing, nothing's being released. The focus is not on what you shouldn't say. Your focus is on saying what the script says. In other words, you need to have a script for your lips. Look at your neighbor and tell him again. Say, you need a script for your lips. <laughs> Jesus had a script for his lips. John chapter 12, verse 49. Jesus had a script for his lips. He said, watch what Jesus said. He says, but I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which has sent me, he gave me a commandment. Watch this, church. And what I should say. And what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. So whatsoever I speak therefore. Even as the father has said unto me. Watch this. So I speak. Jesus lived a scripted life. Luke chapter 4 verse 1. I'm going to show you this now from a temptation standpoint. Then I'm going to show you something about temptation. Because I believe a lot of Christians end up in temptations longer than what they should. Because you can stay in temptation. Temptation can last longer than what it should if you're not doing the right thing. Well, watch this. Look at Jesus. He lived the scripted life. Look in verse 4. Luke 4, verse 1. I think that's verse 1. No, verse 4. And Jesus, this is very important. Now, I want you all to pay attention to this. And Jesus being what? Full of the Holy Ghost. He returned from Jordan. What was Jesus? Full of the Holy Ghost. And so it says he was led by the spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing. And when he was ended, he was after hungry. Verse 3. And the devil said, everybody say the devil said. Yeah, because he does talk. The devil said unto him, if you be the son of God, I want you to command these stones that they be made bread. Prove to me you're the son of God. Verse 4. And Jesus answered him. Who did Jesus answer? He answered the devil. Watch what he said. Read these three words with me. It. Come on, church, say it again. It is written. Jesus lived a scripted life. He said, it's written. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And then the devil took him up into a high mountain. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world in the moments of time. And the devil said unto him. Everybody say the devil's talking. The devil said to him, all this power will I give you and the glory for that which is delivered to me and to whomsoever I will give it. Verse 7, and thou, if you will worship me, all will be yours. In verse 8, and Jesus answered. Who is Jesus answering? He's talking to the devil. He said unto him, get behind me, Satan, read it with me, for it is Jesus had a scripted life. 
Then verse 9, he brought him to Jerusalem. He set him on a pinnacle of the temple. He says, if you be the son of God, notice he was trying to get Jesus to doubt his identity. If you actually read the previous chapter, that's when he was baptized by John and the voice came from heaven and says, this is my, I'm just pretending this is how God talked. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So Jesus had just heard God's voice tell him he was the son of God. So the devil, see, this is why the devil wants to come and get the word fast. Because if he don't get it fast, it's going to take some root in your life. So as soon as Jesus heard that, he said, oh, I got to get that out of his head. Uh, if you be the son of God, he was trying to get him to doubt it. So verse 10, same thing. It is written. Uh, verse 9, if you be the son of God, cast yourself down. Verse 10, for it is what, church? It is written. In other words, Jesus lived a scripted life. He had a script for his lips. And let me show you, when you handle, when you have a scripted life, when you have a scripted mouth, whatever is in the natural, if it's not right, will have to get right. You say, well, how is that, Pastor Evan? Because the scripture says heaven and earth is going to pass away. But that word, it ain't going nowhere. That's my translation, right? The word of God is going to abide forever. So if I keep my lips with a script from the word, then whatever I see has to change because the word ain't going to change. The word will change things, but the word ain't going to change. Amen. So watch this. Because he handled that temptation consistently, watch this church, with a script. He walked, the Bible says, he went into that situation full of the Spirit. Watch verse 14. And Jesus returned, how church? Come on church, how did he return? He walked in full of it. He walked out in the power of it. Why? Because he had a scripted lip. Say amen to that. And until you believe that what you say is what you believe and what you believe is what you say, you will not change what you say. Because see, watch this church. Your mouth controls the quality of your life. I didn't say it control everything. Because see, here's the thing. You can't control what other people do, but you sure can control what you do. Well, I cussed them out. They had it coming. Well, really? They had it coming. So you, you just had to be the one to give it to them, right? Your mouth controls the quality of your life. Here's point number two. Scripted lips lead to a scripted life. Psalm 45, I'm looking at the B part of the verse. Psalm 45B, 1B. The psalmist says this. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. In other words, you write the script for your life. Watch this now. You don't have to see it to say it, but you have to say it to see it. I'm going to say that again. You don't have to see it to say it, but you must say it to see it. Your tongue writes the script. And 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, watch this now. I'm going to read this because it helps us see. Because some of us, we don't believe that what we say matters. This is why we say stuff that don't matter. 
if, if you really believe, and, and here's one of the, the applications of the word. I'm just going to jump in it right now. See, if, if you really believe what you said impacts your life, then you'll reach a point where you decide, okay, God, spirit, angels, earth, everybody, give me everything I say, negative or positive. Give it to me. You say, well, I don't want to pray that, but you're getting it already. You're already getting it. Because death and life is in the power of your tongue. You're going to have what you say, right? So you might as well. The reason why our hearts get get schizophrenic because it doesn't know what to believe and what not to believe. Well, they just said they they, I'm, they sick and tired. Should I should I make that come to pass? Do they really want that? I'm tired of her getting on my nerves. Wow, she has great surgical skills to be able to do that. <laughs> to get on your nerve? How does she do that? Some of y'all laughing. You said it this week. <laughs> First Peter chapter 3, verse 10. Watch this. For he that will love life. Who want to love life? Watch this now. He that will love life and see good days. Let me ask you a question. Who want to see good days? I, I love seeing good days. Then this is what he tells us to do. Let that person refrain his tongue from what church? Evil. And let his lips speak no gal. Let him avoid evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. The living Bible says this. If you want to be happy. If you want a happy and a good life. Watch what he says. Keep control of your tongue and guard your lips from telling lies. Listen to the easy to read version. Easy to read. Listen to this. That means that if you're from the hood, you ought to get this. <laughs> you know, I think one day if they ever came to me, I would like to contribute to one of the versions of the Bible. They have all kinds of versions. I want to contribute to the hood version of the Bible. Can y'all imagine what that would sound like? I mean, I would really see like this verse right here. <laughs> For example, it says, the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy a true life and have only good days, then avoid saying anything hurtful. See, the hood version will say, shut up and stop acting crazy and your life will straighten up. <laughs> that, that's the hood version right there. <laughs> Some of y'all say, well, I, I went to school, pastor. I don't want that version. Okay. We'll go back to the King James for you. Watch what this version says. If you want to enjoy true life and have only good days, then avoid saying anything hurtful. Here's the problem. We don't see that the negative words we say are hurting us. They're hurting you, church. Watch James chapter 3. I'm going to read this. I don't know what version that I put right here. But I'm just going to read it. Hopefully they can find it. James chapter 3. I'm just reading out of the, a different version. It says, my brethren, be not many masters. Knowing, no, no. This is the King James version of James chapter 3. It says, my brethren, be not many masters knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. But if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man or a mature man. And when you say the right thing, this is what he's saying. 
you will also be able to bridle your whole body. Because if you think about it, in most cases, not all cases, but in, in a lot of cases, you can end up in sin just by what you're saying. Amen. Verse 4, he says, Behold the ships which though they be great, they are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm wherever the governor says it needs to go. Even so the tongue is a little member, but it boasts great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, it's a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body and it sets on fire the course of nature and it sets on fire of hell. And then it goes on to talk about the different birds and beasts and how we train them. But it says, but the tongue can no man tame. You're right, it can't be tamed. But God can tame it if you'll let him. So I'm going to read this out of the message translation. I'm almost done too. I'm going to give you some change on the clock today. The message translation of James chapter 3. It says, watch this. Don't be in any rush to become a teacher, my friends. Teaching is highly responsible work. Teachers are held to the strictest standards. And none of us are perfectly qualified. We get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouths. If you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you'd find or have a perfect person in perfect control of life. A bit in the, how, in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. And let me say this. If you, if you picture a big cruise ship, in the back of it is this rudder. And so when they're turning the wheel, it's turning the rudder this way and that way, which really directs the course of the ship. Do you know that most of the time these ships are governed by navigational tools. In other words, they set the degrees and all that. And it, it says, okay, we're going to Thailand. So what they do is they set the degrees based on maps and stuff and all of that. They, they do it. If they are only like five degrees off, do you know they can end up in Australia? Because it's just, oh, watch this church. I'm talking to somebody. Just over time saying, watch this, going in the wrong direction. You look up and your life is completely different what, from what it should be. And that's what happens with cruise ships. They end up in places they shouldn't. It's not because, watch this now, they didn't know where they wanted to go. It's because the rudder on the boat was pointed in the wrong direction. Verse 5 says, a word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It only takes a spark. Remember to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony into chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke and go up in smoke with it. Smoke right from the pit of hell. This is scary. You can tame a tiger, but you can't tame a tongue. It's never been done. The tongue runs a wild and wanton killer. Verse 9. With our tongues, we bless God our Father. And with the same tongue we curse the very men and women who has been made in his image cursings and blessings out of the same mouth my friends this cannot go on a spring cannot gush fresh water one day and brackish or bad water the next apple trees don't bear strawberries do they raspberry bushes don't bear apples do they you're not going to dip into a polluted mud or hole and get a cup of clear water in other words he's saying if you don't get your mouth straight your life won't be straight 
So listen, I'm going to tell you all a part of a testimony that I've never really highlighted. So you all have heard the testimony where uh, we needed money for the windows and six days went by and, then, you know, I told a lady six days. See, y'all know that part. And, you know, on, on day number five, Gateway Church wrote us that check for $200,000 and, and boom. We, but see, what y'all didn't see was what I was doing on day one, two, three, four, and five. I remember in particular one day, I think it was day four, I woke up and didn't even feel I needed to pray. I just feel I needed to declare. See, sometimes you just got to get up and declare. When you see your kids acting crazy, stop praying. Start declaring. When you see your sales, if you're a sales rep and you see your sales ain't doing good, you, you better start declaring. Let me tell you something. I, when I was selling cars back in the day, I had all of the, the uh, sales scriptures, increased scriptures on like these uh, index cards. And so when, you know, when customers went around, I would take these cards out and I would go back on the back uh, little breezeway and I would pull my cards out. And I'm just declaring what I wanted to see. You said, God, when I give, it shall be given. So I thank you, men's coming into my bosom. Father, I thank you that men, customers are coming to see me from the north, the south, the east, and the west. You said, Father, in your word, when I give, you will cause all grace or favor to abound toward me. So, Lord, I thank you that favor comes toward me. When people walk up, they just want to talk to me. I mean, I, I, I was doing it. So one day the general manager of the dealership came out. He says, hey, Evan, you all right? <laughs> I mean, that looks strange. You outside just talking to yourself, look like, with a card in your hand. I said, I'm fine. I said, I'm doing my confessions. He said, confession? What kind of confessions? So, you know, I told him about my confession, right? And so they, they, they know it worked because here's the, here's the thing. Some of these guys would sell 15 cars. I would only sell nine, but I would make more money than them. I mean, I don't, you can have the bracket rights. You sold 15, but my check is bigger. Which one would you want? So during those four or five days when I was waiting on that money, I remember one morning I got up and I just began to declare increase i said lord you said when we give the windows of heaven will be open and blessings will come out that we don't room don't have room enough to receive i mean i just begin to declare that and declare it and all day i'm declaring so if i'm declaring that what do you think i'm expecting i'm expecting what i'm declaring and some of you all the problem is you're getting what you're not expecting because what you're saying, it proves what you're expecting. And so some of you in the room, it's time. How do we apply today? This is how we apply today. Number one, decide today that you want everything you say to come to pass. Everything. 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 That's how Mo Monique would say it. Everything. You got to just, why? Don't, don't make your heart discriminate. Make your heart believe, I don't care what it is. If you say, oh, I feel like I'm catching the flu. Get it! Get it! I ain't never, I don't never have no money. Bring it! 
you got to decide today that you want everything you say. Here's number two. You need to develop a standard script for your lips. Write it. Listen, I'm not, see, listen. Y'all don't, y'all, let me say, how how can I say this in a pastoral way? (laughs) You know, because Elder Evan was getting ready to come out. I have to to kind of smush him down sometimes. (laughs) Because, you know, Elder Evan is kind of hoodie. So, you know. Why don't you write down? How many have ever had to do a speech? You ever had to do a speech? Did you write down what you wanted to say? For the most part. So my question is, why is a speech more important in your life? Oh, so, so you think enough about what you want to say to other people. You think enough about it where you want to write it down and make sure it's straight. Well, why are you thinking more about how other people are than your own life? Script your life. Just have a standard confession that you say every day. Number three, because faith comes by hearing, you need to declare, watch this now, the script on a regular basis. Don't just develop the script. Don't just develop it. Begin to say it on a regular basis. And I'm going to tell you something. I, had a, I got a, a, a testimony from a member this past week. And uh, they're in the middle of buying a house. And uh, they sold their old house. And so they're in, a, in an apartment. And uh, I mean, it was a powerful testimony. And one of the things that the, the mortgage person told him, say, listen, you need to make sure your, your credit don't drop in this process. And boy, I tell you what, in the middle of the process, their credit dropped. And they knew that their house was in jeopardy. They heard me teach this last week. So they walked out of here saying, Father, I thank you. That my, I mean, they just went and just said what I said. That God is for me. Who can be against me? They begin to declare. Out of the blue, their credit went up 15 points. You say, well, I don't believe that. That's why your credit don't jump 15 points. That's real simple. So with every head bowed, did y'all get some out of the word today? So with every head bowed, I believe There are many people watching me and many people in this room who need to rededicate their mouth to the Lord. Rededicate your mouth. I believe you can turn your life around when you turn your words around. It's, it's actually a contradiction to believe one thing, but say another thing. And I believe that's where a lot of people are. They say they believe the word, but what they say does not match that. Therefore, their life is a contradiction. Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you that it's fallen on good ground. And it is going to produce 36 and even 100 fold in our lives. I thank you that faith came today. And as a result of faith coming, we will leave out of here with scripted lips to say what the Father says, to say what Jesus says, to say what the Spirit of God prompts us to say. And I thank you because your word says that the angels of God, they hearken to the voice of your word. And so, Lord, we thank you today for what we heard. 
and what our hearts have received in Jesus' name. With every head still bowed. If you die today, are you 100% sure you go to heaven? Because if you're not sure, I want to pray for you.